You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, folks, here on Big Blue Views Audio Lineup. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum and Nick Filato. And today we are going to be starting our position group evaluations discussing the various players that we think that the Giants should keep, the ones that we think that they should get rid of, the positions of need, and then maybe some debates on certain guys on where they fit into any of those categories. So today's the first group that we're going to be doing, which is the skill position players. That includes the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers, and the tight ends. A group that has significantly underwhelmed, especially last year, and probably going to get a major rework over the next couple seasons. Guys, let's hop right on into this, starting off with our conversation on the keep category. These are players that the Giants should be bringing back, that will be here at the start of the 2022 season um, that we think make the most sense to keep and retain. Not all these are 100% locks, but most of them make a ton of sense. And the first one that you could argue is a bit of a debate, but I think we're on the same page here, that Daniel Jones is a likely keep because of the remaining amount of time on his contract, the willingness to see what do we get out of him under a new head coach that is offensively minded, do you get different results? And then at that point, if you're not satisfied, you don't re-sign him to that fifth year and you let him walk away and go do whatever he wants and go sign with another team. And then the Giants have to figure out what the hell they're going to do with the quarterback position. So we're all in agreement here that Daniel Jones, it makes sense despite the results that we've gotten not being very good. And he's probably not going to be the long-term answer. But just for the sake of 2022, he's probably a keep guy. Yeah, I would have to say that it, Jones isn't a guy you make a point of getting rid of at this point. Yeah, I would keep my options open if I were Joe Shane. If, say, the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, maybe the Houston Texans, just based on where they're drafting, yeah, if they were to call up and make a decent, a, a, a decent offer on Daniel Jones is a trade, particularly the Buccaneers and the Steelers. They could look at this year's draft class and come to the conclusion that Jones is a better option for them. They could think that trading for him is cheaper than trading up in the first round. And they do have rosters that are ready to win now, but I wouldn't make a point of shopping Jones or cutting him or anything like that. You know, like you said, he's probably the Giants' best option for this year. We don't know about you know, 2023 and beyond, but I, I don't see a reason to get to make a point of getting rid of him just for the just to get rid of him. I find it unlikely to to be honest that a team is going to want to trade for Jones with an expiring 
contract unless maybe they pick up the fifth year option and they get the fifth year option contract. But I, I still find it unlikely. Jones hasn't proven anything. But I will say, part of me wishes Sam Darnold worked out. Because if Sam Darnold, maybe if he worked out, another team would be like, yeah, it worked out for Carolina. Maybe it'll work out for Daniel Jones. And then they would go and make the trade, even though I find that to be unlikely as well. But since, you know, Daniel Jones is the best option for the New York Giants, in my opinion, for 2022, a season that is, I don't want to say a punt season, but definitely a retinkering and rebuilding season, I think he's going to be retained. Yeah, and one thing I have seen a lot of people talking about is how we we don't know what Daniel Jones is because there hasn't been enough around him to find out. And yeah, the kind of flip side to that is, do we really think the Giants are going to have enough this year? Yeah, yes, we can hope, and they should definitely have a better offensive scheme. But they're going to have at least one rookie on their offensive line, probably two, and maybe even three. We, we don't know that yet. We don't know what their wide receiving core is going to look like. We don't know what their tight end situation is going to look like. And as we're going to get to, we have we don't really know what their running back situation is going to get going to look like. So I don't think they're go- the Giants are going to miraculously be fielding a completely renovated offense in 2022. So that this the situation around Jones could look a lot like it did the last couple years. And the one thing too, just to, to wrap up Daniel Jones, uh, kind of, I, I make the parallel to Mitch Trubisky and we we've talked about so much in Daniel Jones's career arc. Is he going to turn into Trubisky? Is he going to turn into Josh Allen? And it turns out he's a Trubisky. So they at least gave him one last ditch effort before they moved on to Justin Fields. And this situation seems eerily similar to that. And eventually, I think that they probably will seek a replacement. But you do want to play out the remaining part of that contract to see if there's any maybe remaining possibility he turns into something. Uh, And also just for the simplicity's sake of trying to rebuild this offense, it gives you a little bit more time to figure that out and what direction that you want to go in. We're going to get to talking about the 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 big name running back, Saquon Barkley, but Devontae Booker, I think we're uh, relatively on the same page. I, I don't think we're a hundred percent lock for Booker because they're paying him a decent chunk of money, but we're going to end up saying that Barkley is a cut, a get rid of type guy. But in that event, what other options do they have at running back? It's likely if they do move on from Saquon Barkley, someone like Devontae Booker is your best available option unless they draft somebody. Yeah, but Booker is a perfectly serviceable running back. He doesn't waste any time behind the line of scrimmage. He commits quickly. He commits hard. He hits those holes basically as they open. He's able to kind of surge forward to pick up every inch that he can. He can pass protect. He can catch the ball. He he does everything you need a running back to do. And based on what they are paying him they're paying him a lot to be a backup but if he winds up being their starter that's not an outrageous contract no i 100 agree i will say there there's some merits to possibly releasing Devonte booker and saquon barkley now i think they have to draft a running back if they go in that direction ultimately i think i'm okay with keeping booker on the roster if they release him, they're going to save $2 million on the cap and with only $1 million dead money. So you can look at that, and as Chris said before, 
I think before the podcast, he's uh, he's kind of expensive for a backup running back. But I, I'm under the impression that the Giants, they're not going to cut Saquon Barkley, but they'll trade Saquon Barkley, right. get some draft assets for Saquon Barkley. And then you have Booker for one year as your starter with Brightwell, Antonio Williams, and then possibly a rookie behind him to operate. But, you know, Joe Shane said there's going to be a lot of tough decisions, okay? And tough decisions mean that the Giants are going to try to save as much money as possible while not absolutely burning their roster to the ground. You can argue that releasing or trading both of these individuals would burn the running back position to the ground. Maybe some of it will come to the Giants are sitting there in the fourth round and there's a good rookie that they're they're really high on available at the running back position and they select them and then they can look at Booker and be like, he's a little bit expendable. Now let's save some money. That could be something that does transpire, but we'll have to wait and see if that actually happens. At the end of the day, I, I would be kind of surprised the Giants go into and through the 2022 season with both Booker and Barkley on the roster. And one guy that, um, you know, separate from a, Moving on to run, moving from running back to receiver. I think one guy that's a bit of a force to keep uh, is Kenny Galladay, who had a very underwhelming first year, and we had these grand expectations for Kenny Galladay to step up and and have this this huge role as the X receiver in the offense. Really, does not perform anywhere near the the level that they're paying him. And I, I think that we have to to lump Galladay in the in this keep category because of the money that they're tied to. You don't want to get yourself into a, a dead money situation. So uh, I, I don't think it's too much of an argument here that Kenny Galladay is probably a keep and there's definitely no trade market for him at this time. And hopefully they do get good results out of him with a new offensive coordinator and a new head coach. But Galladay is, is kind of the, the Giants being pigeonholed into keeping him. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think there's. We need to spend a whole hell of a lot of time talking about this because, you know, like you said, Galladay had a very disappointing season, but he has a huge contract, and it would actually cost the Giants money to cut him. Like they would get further into debt if they cut him, and that's just where it is right now. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say the same thing. He's one of the only players I think on the roster whose contract extends past twenty twenty three. That is not a rookie from last season. And hopefully Andrew Thomas, once they pick up his fifth-year option, will be grouped into that as well. So that just goes to show you how how much in debt, as you said, they would be to mm. Kenny Galladay if they decided to move on. And honestly, you can still get some things out of Galladay. He's not the player that we saw last year. He's much more than that. And then two of the more simpler keeps that uh, not necessarily high-impact players, Caden Smith, tight end, and then uh, previously rookie running back Gary Brightwell. These two guys are... Uh, you know, quality backup position players. Uh, Gary Brightwell makes a lot of sense to keep because of the fact that he's going to be cheap as hell just to have on the roster. He's a special teams guy. Uh, he's a decent third option to have, depending on how they restructure that group. And then Caden Smith is now in this position where if they end up removing Kyle Rudolph, which we're going to talk about in a sec, and then the inevitable loss of Evan Ingram, who's definitely not coming back. Uh, Caden Smith's really the only guy. And we, we've talked highly about Caden Smith. And maybe there's a, a redeeming season for Caden Smith to step up this upcoming year because of this, this position that he's put in. Uh, but Caden Smith definitely and Gary Brightwell keeps. Yeah, they, I kind of come down in the same place with Caden Smith as I do Booker. Yeah, He's kind of highly paid for a backup, but looking at the rest of the tight end position, yeah, he's fine as a number two tight end. He's 
I'm not sure I'd want him as our as my number one tight end, but I think you could do worse. And I think it, it wouldn't surprise me if the Giants wind up drafting a tight end because this is a sneaky talented tight end group in this year's draft. And at least as far as a top two tight end, Caden Smith is, you know, you're not saving all that much money by cutting him. And Gary Brightwell, there, there's no reason to get rid of him. At the very least, he's a good special teamer. And you do need those guys on your roster. And I, I'm not thrilled with the idea of him being the number two runner, but you know he he can do that. I, I'm almost, I don't want to say I'm certain because nothing's a certainty, but the Giants are definitely going to address the tight end position at some point yeah. in this draft it's just when and like you yeah. said this is a deep tight end class i wouldn't even be shocked if they selected two because it is so deep and you can get some interesting names kind of on day three and there's a lot of guys on day two going into day three that should be available that i think can step in maybe not have immediate impact just because the tight end position is very difficult to have an immediate impact but step in and, and do really well you know, like a kind of like a Pat Fryer would start slow and then kind of be coming to his own towards the end of the season and then go into year two as a the solidified starter for the New York Giants. And that's where Brightwell, I agree with everything you guys said. There's just no reason to cut the guy. So moving on to get rid of, I'm going to opt past the suggestion that, that Chris put in the dock of bringing up Riley Dixon. Uh, I guess it's a skill, but not necessarily considered to be a skill position player. I... <laughs> I've made that argument with my teammates a million times saying that specialists are skill players, but that does not end very well. Uh, <laughs> the, the rest of these guys on this list might be a bit offended if we include Riley Dixon. <laughs> but get rid of the first one, Sterling Shepard, uh, somebody who that they extended not to... That was pretty recently that they, they gave him some more money and he's played through a second contract and the results... Not very good because of spe- specifically because he hasn't been available. He has not been healthy. He has not been consistently in the lineup. And I, I think that we've gotten enough of Sterling Shepard to say it's time to move on. It is time to reshape this receiver group with some guys that are actually going to be healthy and available. So Sterling Shepard, we know that he's a good player. We know that he's a good receiver, but his durability is horrible. And he is long enough into his career that you're probably going to still get a very non-durable player for the potential um, salary that you have to give him. Yeah, it kills me to say this, but the Giants almost have to move on from Sterling Shepard. He'll be coming off a ruptured Achilles, and we know that's at least a one-year injury. And the fact, it happened pretty late in the year, so he won't be the same player next year. So they would basically be paying him to be a shell of his former self if he ever even really comes back from that injury. And I I have to wonder how much of his injury history is due to just how the Giants have used him over the years. They have really put him in the line of fire. They never did a whole hell of a lot to scheme him some separation while putting him right in the middle of the field with the entire defense playing downhill on him. He took a lot of really tough shots and it was impressive when he was a rookie and would basically get blown up by a safety coming in from 10 yards away and get up and literally flex on the guy. But when you have that happen for four years, those hits add up and that's kind of where Shepard is right now. And I love the guy. I love the way he plays the game. I would, I think you could argue he is the Giants' best receiver. He's their best route runner. He's their most natural separator. He's got great hands, but 
he is just beat up at this point between the concussions, the leg injuries. It's just one thing after another. And it, you, it, you just cannot justify paying him what the Giants are paying him. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Absolutely. I love Shep, but you, you can't pay him that contract. He's coming off of an injury. I mean, even before the Giants selected Kadarius Tony, a lot of people were talking about how Sterling Shep was probably going to be a cap casualty heading into this offseason after they went out and they signed Kenny Galladay. And then they draft a receiver in the first round, and you're like, oh, that's not great. They push Shepard's contract back, and you're like, maybe he will stay. And then he suffers that injury. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's something that I feel like Joe Shane is going to do. He said it, like I said before. You got to make a lot of tough decisions, man. And and I think Sterling Shepard is going to be one of those tough decisions. And it's not even all that tough uh, given the injury that he suffered late last season. I don't think this is a very tough decision, but Kyle Rudolph, man, that's a that's a definite get yeah. rid of. Uh, ah. Kyle Rudolph was probably the biggest head scratcher signing that the Giants had last year. It, it was one that was like, oh, maybe you get some good results out of this. But uh, we saw very firmly that Kyle Rudolph is way over the hill. His his time as a highly productive tight end is way past him, sadly. And I've always been a big Kyle Rudolph fan. I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I've I've rooted for him throughout his entirety of his career. But uh, a guy who not 100% healthy and just was not productive last season. And I know the restrictions that the Giants had with their offensive uh, scheme and you know the issues with the play calling and losing Jason Garrett and trying to figure all that stuff out. But Kyle Rudolph, uh, this one's got to be obvious what they're paying him. You need to get find a way to get rid of him because the, the results are uh, not justified in, in what you're going to have to end up giving him. Yeah, he, he was an old tight end when the Giants signed him. He basically immediately had a foot injury or had surgery to address a foot injury, which I guess the Giants didn't really know about when they signed him, which... Yeah, that's kind of a red flag right there. <laughs> well, well, what happened with that, just to step in real quick, Chris... Yeah. They didn't know when they were talking about the contract. And then it came out yes. before the contract was finalized. And the Giants being the Giants still honored yeah. the contract despite the Liz Frank injury. And I mean, that's admirable and everything. <laughs> Maybe not the best for business. But I will say that could be another reason why he was so just – he looked like a grandpa out there, man. He, yeah, he, he looked like a – Full so he looked like an old tight end with a foot injury. <laughs> exactly. And he's still going to look old. He was never a burner or anything like that. And the Giants, yeah, he's one of those. Him and Riley Dixon, you group them in, those guys are gone. Yes. <laughs> I, I like how we're, we're still arguing about 
uh, Riley Dixon. Any final thoughts on Kyle Rudolph before I move on to the, the, big, the, big, the big man that we have to talk about? No, nah, I'm good. Nah. Okay, so Saquon Barkley, uh, we were debating if he should go into debate or not, and we all agreed that he belonged in get rid of. Uh, we are all in favor of the likely inevitable departure of what was supposed to be a superstar running back. Saquon Barkley had an incredible rookie season and has not been available 100% since. And the results that we've gotten from him, a couple big splash plays here and there, last this past season, 2021, was the epitome of how he's almost a shell of himself and he's not really being utilized in the capabilities that we could be getting out of him. Some other team is going to trade for him and probably get good results out of him, decent results out of him. But now that we have a new general manager, a new head coach, there are no ties to Saquon Barkley. It is going to be in the in the in Shane's best interest to try and move him now when the trade value is probably at its highest it's going to be because if you wait until the end of next season, there might not be any value for him at all to try and move him if he does not end up having a productive season. You're kind of hoping that a team banks off of what they saw in his rookie season and that he can maybe turn into and still be that guy. But right now, Saquon Barkley probably not coming back and there needs to be a replacement and a hopefully not a guy who is supposed to be uh, a big name superstar, but instead maybe more of a rotational type player like we've seen the Bills have uh, as the Giants are going to move on from Barkley. Yeah, in terms of the contract for Saquon Barkley, the cap savings for this is like seven million. So I think it's seven point two million, and there's no dead money on this. So this is one of those those deals where you're like, is Saquon Barkley a part of the long term future? And I think a lot of people who cover the Giants, a lot of Giant fans, they're going to say no because they don't want to allocate that much money to the running back position of what Saquon Barkley is going to command. So why would you not trade him? during this season where you're kind of retinkering, rebuilding, whatever you want to term it, and get as much draft capital as you can. But Chris, I wanted to ask you, Burrow, what can the Giants get for Saquon Barkley right now on the market? You know, I, I honestly don't know. I I believe there are teams out there that would make a decent offer for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at maybe the, the Miami Dolphins out there because they've got – something like $70 million in cap space. So they can absorb Barkley's contract very easily. They would, it would give them another weapon to put around to a, a guy whose game actually kind of fits what Tua does very well with those real quick passes. So, you know, get, get the ball to Barkley, you know, in that five yard range downfield really quickly and then let him kind of turn up field and go. And yeah, the, as far as the trade compensation, I would look for basically anything in the top 96 picks, a third round or better. It better if you can do it, future compensation if you can do it, do that as well, because you know the Giants might need to trade up in the 2023 draft and getting as much ammo for that as you can makes a lot of sense. But I look at it as if the Giants are not going to sign Barkley long term, which they would be wise not to. Nothing against Barkley. It, that's just the nature of the running back position. Pretty much every team that has sunk big money into a running back has come to regret it. And yeah, even if Barkley has a phenomenal season, say he plays just about every snap, gets 2,000 yards, you know, just 
has one of those incandescent MVP caliber seasons, the best you could hope for to get back from him on a in a compensatory pick is a 2024 third round pick, third round comp pick. So if you could get anything in the first 96 picks, that's the the natural picks of the first three rounds this year, you're getting value for them. Yeah, and any value you can get for Saquon Barkley at this point for the limited results and the selecting him as highly as they did, they need to get whatever they can. And, and maybe they're restricted. Maybe some of these teams aren't willing to trade very much for a highly injured running back and they're kind of banking on him getting cut. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen. But getting any type of compensation for Saquon Barkley would be huge uh, for the Giants as they're trying to clear up that cap space. Talking about that $7 million hit. In terms Honestly, of, oh, go I'm ahead. Just, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. Sorry, Joe. Yeah, so if the Giants can get a three and a five for Saquon Barkley, that could be a win, which is like, it's terrible to even think that because Saquon, he's such a talented player. With all the circumstances, this guy's in his final year of his deal. Is he going to re-sign with the team who's trading for him? All of those questions you got to look at the situation and be like, I don't know if the Giants would get a second round pick for that. So if you can land a three and a five for this, I think the Giants might have to take it if they really want to clear $40 million in cap space like Joe Shane claimed. Yeah, and in this draft, a third round pick is pretty valuable. Yeah, that mm-hmm. the second day of this draft, there are going to be a lot of very good players mm. that are selected. There, there's going to be starters going straight down through the third round and maybe even going into the fourth round like this draft doesn't have an Andrew Luck or a Miles Garrett type player right at the top but the middle rounds the from the middle of the first round straight down through the end of the third is absolutely stacked and that's why there's a lot of merit in trading down at either five or seven as well absolutely so getting into some of the debate players, um, we've got two interesting ones here. The first one, Kadarius Tony. So this originally was a keep for me, and I, I thought that it was an obvious keep, but Chris brought up uh, an interesting argument for trying to get some type of compensation for him because of the, the concerns that he had on him coming into the league were fulfilled in his first year, which is maturity and durability. My argument for... Kadarius Tony to stay is I don't know how much you're going to get based on how he barely showed us anything in his first year. I would also say that this team needs to hold on to any young talented players that they have in hopes that they can develop them. I think the time to trade him might be in a couple seasons. I just don't know if they're going to get back a first round pick or even a second round pick for Kadarius Tony. Um, based on what they spent on him, they're better off letting him see what he can develop into in the next couple of years before they run the course of trying to get rid of him. Yeah, I would say I brought this up just as a, a potential debate based on something Ed wrote. As it, basically, uh, bringing up Tony's durability, the fact that he only played in 10 games and was basically constantly injured and then the questions about his maturity which stretch back to florida well actually his uh, durability concerns stretch back to florida as well and yeah i feel like tony isn't a player i would actively shop kind of like daniel jones but if the if the trade market develops for him 
I'm not sure you just say, no, this guy is safe. He is not being, you know, he, we absolutely will not move him. Like he, he is not Jamar Chase. He isn't Jalen Waddle. He is a player who was kind of the second or third choice of the previous regime. The Joe Shane, Brian Dayball, Mike Kafka, they have no ties to Kadarius Tony. Could they use him? Could they get a lot out of him? Sure. I'm not going to say they can't, but they could also look at him and say, no, we want, you know, maybe we didn't like this guy coming out of the draft. We want to get our own guy who fits what we do, who fits the culture that we are building. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of, you can absolutely see the argument for keeping them, but there is also an argument for letting them go. If that trade market develops, I don't think they would get what they would want. Because Urban Meyer is not in the league anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, but in all honesty, I'm all for keeping Kadarius Tony. But I think you bring up a valuable point. If if for whatever reason some team wants to offer a a, a high amount, sorry, my dog is coughing, a high amount for for a, a player like Kadarius Tony, you definitely entertain. I think you entertain everything. To be honest, it doesn't mean you have to execute it. But I, that was a, one of my big gripes with Dave Gettleman was I felt like he was so rigid and he didn't entertain a lot of trade opportunities because he was like, that's my guy and that's the way we're going to be. I mean, seriously, Baker Mayfield was drafted first overall and they didn't even take any calls for that second overall pick. And Sam Darnold was available. A lot of people loved Sam Darnold at that time. And I don't think Joe Shane is going to do that. I think Joe Shane is going to entertain and and hear a lot of teams out. And that's kind of what uh, I want him to do because you don't know what opportunities are available if you don't take the call. Yeah, and... With respect to Tony's potential trade market, one thing I will note is that first-round picks get a million chances in the NFL. I mean, look how long it took, or look look how, how many chances uh, Alden Smith has had, or how long it really took Demontre Moore to wash out of the NFL. And, you know, he was considered a first-round talent until he torpedoed himself at the at the scouting combine fell to the third, but yeah, he was still getting chances even up until a year or two ago. And, you know, he was a complete bust. So it, it is possible that other teams would look at Tony and say, you know what? You guys might not want him, but we can work with him. You know, we've got the secret sauce. We can get the most out of him. We can turn him into the best receiver in, in the league, which maybe the giants don't get a first round pick. But yeah, maybe a second round pick for a player you're not completely sold on that could have value to them. Again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I, I'm not right. saying the Giants need to go out and shop Tony and get rid of him. Absolutely, just saying but it's it, worth cons- it's it, exactly. there's options. It's worth it's worth considering. Uh, I thought that Darius Slayton in the debate category was interesting as well. And m- my thoughts on on Darius Slayton are. We've kind of seen his his full capability. He's not going to turn into some diamond in the rough elite receiver, um, but he's outperformed his his draft projection where he was selected. I think that Darius Slayton is a good third fourth option, and I and I would argue that it's worth keeping a guy like Darius Slayton in the rotation as you're going to be parting ways, like a, likely with Sterling Shepard. Maybe you bring in a new face into that group. 
but it, it doesn't hurt to have a guy who's a, a familiar with the team and has some good speed is, is going to have a couple nice plays a game, probably not going to go for 100 to 150 yards in these games, but I think he's a decent option and he's still on a rookie deal. I don't know when that rookie deal is up off the top of my head. You guys probably do. This is last year. It's his last year. So it probably makes sense to just kind of let him play it out. And then he's probably someone you let walk in free agency for, you know, if he doesn't perform up to the expectation. Yeah. uh, So for Darius Slayton, I I like Darius Slayton as the possible number four receiver on this team mm-hmm. and maybe number three right now, but the Giants could, you know, go out and, and and acquire another wide receiver, whether that be through free agency or the draft. I think the wide receiver group isn't as strong as we once thought with last season. We all thought the wide receiver group was really, you know, strong. It was the strength of the team after being a weakness of the team in the previous year. But now with Sterling Shepard's injury, you know, Kadarius Tony kind of being an unhealthy receiver, you, you might need someone like Darius Slayton. But the argument for cutting them is you save 2.5 million on the cap and the dead cap is like 59K or something. It's not a lot. And I can understand that. But I'm ultimately, I think my decision would be I'm cool with just having him play this last year out, draft another receiver, and uh, they can fight it out for that number three wide receiver spot behind Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay. Yeah, I feel like Darius Slayton is kind of in the same boat as Caden Smith, where you know, he's not a guy you should be planning around. You know, he's he's not a guy you want to be your number one or number two receiver. He's got some he's got some skills. He's fast. He's got good size. He can get downfield and stress a defense deep. But on the other hand, he doesn't separate all that well, and he doesn't catch the ball all that well. The ball does have a tendency to hit the ground when it, when it's thrown towards him. And yeah, two and a half million is kind of a lot to pay for that kind of receiver. But again, on the other, other hand, the giants depth at wide receiver is not there. It, they're shallow at wide receiver, especially if they're cutting Sterling Shepard. And you know, like you said, Nick, the Darius Slayton is fine as your number three or number four receiver. And if the Giants go out and acquire a wide receiver in this draft, or you know, maybe they're able to bring in a guy on on a veteran minimum who can compete and maybe be serviceable as a number three receiver you know it it doesn't save the giants that much to just move on from slayton you know again just because folks thanks for tuning in that is going to be it from us here uh on the show talking about cut keep or uh anyone that we wanted to debate so folks thanks for tuning in hit subscribe and we're going to be doing offensive line next to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today 
first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, mom? No. <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.